Welcome to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Their goal is to win the lost, disciple Christians, set the captives free, and see the sick made whole. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org. Now, here is Pastor Gary Culp with today's message. Well, good afternoon. The Lord bless you. What do we know for sure? God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Let's pray for souls. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We're crying out to you for the eternal salvation of every boy and girl, man and woman in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, their past, present, and future spouses, all the children they have now in the future and their family members, all grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members, all great-grandchildren they have now and in the future and their family members. By faith, Father, we're sending the Holy Spirit to convict each person of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord Jesus, please reveal yourself to each person, your incarnation, your perfect life, the great miracles you did, your death, burial, and resurrection, your precious atoning blood. Father, the revelation and understanding that by your stripes we were healed would come to every boy and girl, man and woman, and they would humble themselves before you, Father, repent of their sins, receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, being gloriously born again from above. And Father, we're praying for every boy and girl, man and woman to get a good, get into a good Bible-believing teaching church, to then be baptized in water, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We pray for every Christian to be truly discipled. We're praying for every demon-possessed, demonizing, captive person to be set free, and all the sick to be healed from every sickness and every disease. And yes, Lord Jesus, your people to receive and to walk in financial abundance, prosperity, debt cancellation of their debts, the full blessing of Abraham whom God blessed in all things. And we agree and we believe in Jesus' name. And Father, we love the Jewish people. Lord, we want them to go to heaven. So Father, we pray that the blinders and scales on their hearts and minds would be removed. They would truly see that Jesus Christ is their Messiah and Savior and Lord, and they would be born again from above. According to your word, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. According to your word, we agree that they have eternal covenant to all the land of Canaan, which means they get 36 times the amount of land they have right now. We call it forth, Father. May they receive it all. And Father, we agree that two-state solution is from the pit of hell. Lord, it will bring curses on any nation that tries to do that. So Father God, show that. Lord, that there never be a two-state solution. You've given the land to the Jewish people, and we agree with you. And Father, we pray for all the remaining hostages to be set free and returned home to their families. And Father, we pray that you would use Israel to destroy all their enemies, Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS, everyone who comes against them, Father God, would be stopped and if necessary, destroyed. And we agree for that right now in Jesus' name. Okay, now we need to uh, <clears throat> continue to pray for some pressing issues in America. So let's agree now. Father, we come back to your throne of grace in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that you would expose and stop those 12 sleeper cells that you showed Chris Reed in the dream. 
We pray that you would stop and expose all the terrorists you showed David Cabal in vans going to big cities, letting off bombs at the same time. We pray that you would destroy and stop every terror attack against America. And Father, we agree that every terrorist ever foreign soldier, ever prisoner, ever pedophile, ever drug cartel person and sex trafficker, all those who have come across the border to do evil would be exposed and stopped. And Father, whether you use law enforcement or your angelic host, you would drag them out of this country and they would never be able to return, Father, and you would not allow them to destroy America. And also, Father God, please, Father, protect our power grid. We come against any attacks against our electricity, our gas, our oil, our coal, our water wells and water table and food, Father God. Anyone who would try to blow up these things or stop them, we command them to be stopped in Jesus' name. And we pray again, whether it be through law enforcement or your angelic host, Father, they would not be able to take out our power grid. And we agree there'll be no EMPs whatsoever. And we agree for that in Jesus' name. And also, Father God, you know the terrible persecution and awful things that has come against your servant Donald Trump and his family and conservatives and Christians. Well, Father, from the book of Esther, we are your Mordecai's. We agree for each and every one of us, your hedge of protection about us. We plead the cover and protection of the blood of Jesus, protecting each one of us and all the things you bless us with and put in our stewardship. We agree, Father God, that they're not going to be able to do evil against us. And Father, all the Hamans who are trying to harm us, destroy us, or even kill us, not only would you not allow them to do it, just like in the book of Esther, Father, you would hang them in the very gallows that they've prepared for us. And we agree for that now. And also, Father, concerning the digital currency, that's from the pit of hell. It's part of the one world government, Father. It's a wicked, even plan of the devil, of Joe Biden and the WF to destroy America, Father, and bring forth that uh, mark of the beast. So, Father, we come against it. We agree, Father, that their plans are being sent into confusion and derision. They are not able to come to an, any kind of agreement whatsoever. And we agree there will absolutely be no digital currency until after the rapture of the church. And we'll be able to have our dollar bills and cash and use them till then. And we thank you for it also. And also, Father, please protect our food, water, plants, and animals from any mRNA material be put in them. Lord, don't let them do that. And Father, we cry out because we know your judgments are getting ready to fall. We declare in America, Father, for sexual purity to come forth. We agree, Father, from, from nursery school to kindergarten to grade school, junior high, high school, and college, it will be taught that the only sexual relationship that is acceptable is one man and one woman in a marriage covenant, Father. And all those who have been deceived, Father God, and lied to, they would be saved, discipled, delivered, and set free, Father God, and begin to operate according to your word. So we agree for all these things, and we thank you for them now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be talking about the Word of God. We're going to reemphasize the absolute truth that the Word of God is the will of God. You want to know why God created you, what He has in His purpose and plan? You will find out in the Word of God. Let's begin in the book of Romans, chapter 10. We'll start verse 8. 
The Bible says, but what saith it? The word is near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith we preach. You see, every legitimate preacher is preaching the word of God as absolute truth, without error, inerrant. But in preaching the word of God, they're preaching the word of faith. Because just look in the, in the, later on in the chapter, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, God made sure that we got a Bible that was perfect, that was literally God-breathed, that would tell us what, what is right, what is wrong, how to get to heaven, <laughs> and what happens to those who aren't born again. It gives us everything we need for this life. And therefore, when a preacher is preaching the word of faith, the word of God, people get faith. They get faith to be saved, discipled, delivered, healed, to prosper, to know what to do and what not to do. And God does that through the word of God. So every legitimate preacher is preaching the word of faith. And again, the most important thing is to get you saved. So you jump to verse 9 where it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, literally that means that Jesus is Lord, and shall believe in thine heart, that means your spirit, that God hath raised him, that's Jesus, from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So it's in through the word of God, being preached and taught, the Holy Spirit uses that, and boys and girls, men and women, humble themselves and repent of their sins and receive Jesus and get saved. And there's many other things. But the thing is, the Bible is the Word of God, and the Word of God is to be taught and preached and prayed over and proclaimed, and it will bring faith, saving faith, delivering faith, healing faith, prosperity faith to those who hear it, as well as bring correction in your life when you're living and doing the wrong things. So the Word of God is very, very important. You know, Jesus, as he was getting ready to start his ministry, God ordained for him to have to uh, deal with the devil. And I want you to see that when Jesus is getting ready to step into his ministry, how he effectively dealt with the devil, because the way he did it is the way we're supposed to do it. So we'll go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led by the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Okay, that was God's plan. Okay. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, and this is such an important truth, the devil is the tempter. God never tempts you to do evil. That's always the devil in his kingdom. So always know that, okay? And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. This is the devil talking to Jesus. So how does Jesus deal with the devil? But he answered and said, verse 4, It is written. You see, Jesus, God, the eternal Son of God, made sure that we got the Word of God, the Bible, and he stood upon the Word of God, knowing it was absolute truth to defeat the devil. And here it is, talking to the devil. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
Verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto them, now again, here's how Satan can also deceive people. Satan says, oh, he's using the word of God against me. Well, I'll quote the word of God uh, to Jesus, but it won't be in context and according to what, he, uh, according to truth. So the devil can use scripture wrongly to trip you up. And here it is. And he saith, the devil, unto him, Jesus, if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Now notice, here's the devil. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. Do you know ever false religion, secret societies, to try to make themselves legitimate, they'll always use a few scriptures, of course, out of context, not according to what God's saying, to make them seem legitimate. So the devil's misquoting scripture has nothing to do with what the devil's tempted in him to get Jesus to sin. He can do that with you too. So what does Jesus say? Jesus said to him, it is written. Now, Jesus said, no, this is the application right here. Thou shalt not put the Lord thy God to the test. Again, quoting the truth of God's word, applying it to a circumstance that dealt with the devil and what he was trying to get him to do. Verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now, we won't get into the legitimacy. Could the devil do that? But you need to understand when Adam and Eve sinned, they gave a lot of rights of this earth over to the devil, which Jesus and defeating the devil on the cross got back for us. Okay. So that may have been a legitimate offer that he had. But again, Jesus is going to whoop the devil at the cross. So no way, right? Verse 10, then said Jesus unto him, be gone, Satan. Okay, what does he say? For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. That's powerful. You have angels watching over you. Did you know that? Isn't that exciting? But again, before Jesus starts his great powerful ministry, God ordained that he, the devil, he would be tempted by the devil. And Jesus defeated the devil with the word of God. And why that's important for you and I, the devil comes against us. He tempts us. And how are you going to whoop him? With the word of God. In fact, let me prove that to you. We'll just go ahead and jump to the book of Ephesians. Talking about putting on the whole armor of God. I guess I'll go ahead and read it. But I guess I want you to notice that there's a weapon that God has given us that Jesus used to defeat Satan. And again, Ephesians 6 is telling us that Christians have a spiritual armor to put on because the devil is trying to tempt you, destroy you, and kill you. Have you figured that out? Okay, I hope you have by now. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, people who are already saved, Christians, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, and I hope you do that day and night, that you might be able to stand against the wiles, 
Now let's expand that. Stratagems, trickery of the devil. So the devil, although Jesus defeated him on the cross, and his fallen angels and demons are still messing with us. Now, you know, remember, this is under grace. You still got to deal with the devil because notice the next verse. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that means people with bodies, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. That means it's not automatic. You have to take it. That you might be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of, of the gospel of peace. Now notice this. And above all, taking the shield of faith, that you might be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So Satan is shooting fiery darts against you. They're invisible darts. Many times that's words spoken by others against you, against those in the occult. Sometimes it's sad to say you're shooting yourself with your own words. Stop it. That's just stupid, isn't it? Okay. But notice verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Ah. So the offensive weapon in this armor is the sword of the spirit. Again, let's finish it which is the word of God. The word of God is a weapon. Jesus used the word as a weapon against the devil, and he beat the devil. You use the word of God, too, as you put on the whole armor of God. Get the hint, Satan, it is written, and then you quote the scripture that applies to what you're going through, and guess what? The devil flees, and you stand in victory. Okay, do you got that? The sword of the Spirit, whichever Christian can use and needs to use, is the Word of God, which just shows you the Word of God is absolutely true and only through it. And then see, that's why the devil has gotten into cemeteries. Well, that's probably a good word. Seminaries and even into some pulpits and preachers don't preach the word of God. They say there's mistakes in the Bible. They say, oh, it's all allegorical and you can't believe it's literally true. Well, that's from the pit of hell. But again, that just shows you how the devil gets into the church. That's why it shows why America is such a mess it is. Satan's taking down the church. Isn't that sad? But God said it would happen. But that's another message. But again, how are you going to whip the devil? He comes against you. He tempts you, whether it be in your own mind or through others or through what you're watching on TV or whatever. You come back with the word of God and you defeat Satan just like Jesus did. And again, how often do you do it? Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we not just pray for ourselves on this armor, we pray for others, and again, we open our mouth and will that sore the Spirit. You know, that wonderful promise of God I stand on pretty much every day for me and my family, I declare that Isaiah 54, 7, 54, 17, let's declare it right now. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me in judgment we do condemn. This is our heritage as servants of the Lord, and our righteousness is from you, O Lord of hosts. So again, weapons are being formed against us, but I'm declaring according to them, they're not going to prosper. 
Do you get the picture here? So we use the word of God to defeat Satan just like Jesus did. And yes, Jesus is our example. Notice as we talk about uh, how important the word of God is and understanding that the word of God is perfect. Let's go to Jesus' priestly prayer in John 17. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross and die for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Going to the whipping post and get through the stripes, getting us, us getting healed uh, and rising again the third day. But he, before this, he has a prayer to his father and he's praying for us, but he's talking to the father about us. Notice what Jesus prays. Okay. He's praying to father. Remember, Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Trinity, Triune God. Okay. Jesus is praying. I have given them thy word. That's what he's telling his father. I've given them the word of God. Amen. And the world hath hated them. Not planet Earth, but the fallen system that the devil is controlled in the world today. Lost people, people without God, people that don't know the truth of God's word. The people in the world hate the things of God because at least until they get saved, they're servants of the devil. They're deceived by the devil. Okay, do you understand that? Okay. Until you got saved, you were a servant of the devil too. Okay. Jesus says, I've given them thy word and the world hath hated them. Have you noticed how people hated Jesus and all he did was good things, healing the sick, casting out devils, being a blessing, preaching the things of God, but again, lost evil people who are controlled or manipulated by the devil often don't receive it. You understand that? Okay. Go back to verse 14. I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them. And that's not changed because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but thou should, Father God, keep them, the believers, you and I, from the evil, from the evil one. So God didn't say, uh, Jesus didn't say, well, Father, take them all out of the world right now. No, God, uh, Jesus said to the Father, Lord, protect them while they're here, that the evil one wouldn't be able to touch them. Okay. Verse 16, they are not of the world. Once you get saved, you're not alone of the world. You've been transferred into the kingdom of God. In fact, Paul tells us in Philippians 23, 20, 21, we're citizens of heaven. That's what happens when you get supernaturally born again. That's why you got to get born again, okay? They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now, here's what Jesus says to the Father. Sanctify. That means set apart, make holy. How would that happen? Sanctify them, the believers. How? Through thy truth, thy word, the Bible, is truth. Okay. So Jesus, God, the one who will judge you one day, says the Bible's absolute truth. So don't listen to any moron, servant of the devil, that tells you it's not the absolute truth. Because that's who you're listening to if they tell you there's mistakes, errors in the Bible, and you can't believe what God says. Do you get the point here? But Jesus is saying, how are you going to make us holy, set us apart? Through the Word of God. That's how important the Word of God is. How powerful is it according to the Bible? <laughs> One of my favorite scriptures I use often, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. 
For the word of God is living. That means it's alive. It's supernatural. It's the word of God. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. Notice this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Derek Prince made this comment, and I'd never picked up on this, but it's just exactly what it's saying. Remember, when you read your Bible, your Bible is reading you because it's the Word of God. I think that's probably why a lot of people don't read their Bible. They come under conviction. God shows them, you need to stop doing that. And they don't want to be told, I'm not supposed to do that. They don't want to think that there's absolutely truth and there's a God they have to submit to. So they don't read their Bibles because when you read your Bible, your Bible, which is alive, is reading you. Remember, Jesus is the living word of God. The Bible is the written word of God. Powerful, isn't it? Well, you know that if you're born again, but maybe... Everyone that's listening to me is not born again. Okay. In fact, the Bible tells us how powerful it is also in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll start from verse 15. Talking to young Timothy, he says this, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Oh, how do you get saved? Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then notice what the Bible says of itself. All Scripture, Old and New Testament, okay? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means it's God-breathed. God made sure you got exactly what the truth is, okay? It's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. In other words, here's what we believe as Christians, okay? For reproof. Oh, you're being bad. Stop it. For correction, again, you're being bad. Stop it. <laughs> For instruction in righteousness, this is how you live now. Okay, yeah. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible, Jesus says, the Father says, the Holy Spirit says, the Word of God says, the Bible is absolute true. You can take it to the bank. It'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And what's the most thing you, everybody has to do? Jesus said, John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Didn't say get confirmed. Didn't say get baptized, although you should get baptized once you're saved. But no, you have to be supernaturally born again from above. And that happens with through the word of God, through the prayers of others, and even people's testimonies. You hear what Jesus did in dying for your sins and rose again. You hear the revelation that you're a sinner and that only the blood of Jesus can wash away your sins. And the Holy Spirit, that third person of the Godhead, convicts you of your sin, makes Jesus become alive and real to you, and you have a decision to make. Will I accept Jesus and be saved, or will I not? 
But I pray you'll say, oh, yes, I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to know God. I want to know my purpose for life. And you say, yes, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know it. I'm coming to you now. I repent of my sins. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Come into my spirit and be my Savior and be Lord of my life. I give myself to you completely, both now and forever. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And as you would pray those words under the Holy Spirit's direction, by faith, you are supernaturally transformed into a king, to a child of God. That dead spirit man in you, remember your spirit, soul, and body, now comes alive through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're a child of God. Woo! And now you're a citizen of heaven. Now you're a saint. Now you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Now you're accepted in the blood. Now greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is just some of the goodies that happened when you get born again. Do you get the picture here? But it all comes through the word of God. So read your Bible every day. Holy Spirit, make the word that come alive and make sense to me. And grow then as a Christian. And remember this truth. Jesus is coming very, very soon. The rapture is just around the corner. You need to be ready. You need to get others ready. You need to tell people about Jesus also that you want all your family in heaven too. And it only comes through faith in Jesus. God bless you. Love God and love his word. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org or send an email to Pastor Gary. His email is GaryCulp at Yahoo.com. Please join them again next week as they continue to expound on God's truth in a relevant and practical way.